Well, here we are. We're in part three of our series, Forgotten Virtues. Forgotten Virtues. Virtues are qualities that help a person do right by other people and do right by God. Right? Quite often, society tells us to do right by me first. Do right by yourself. Do Put you first. It's all about you. It's all about, uh, it's all about how well you can and how far you can go in life, right? And that's what society often says to us, but it's often at the expense of everybody else. So today I want to talk about a virtue that's almost totally forgotten. And it's the virtue of gratitude. Gratitude. I have a lot of gratitude for all those who have helped out our family when we were tested positive for COVID. You know, for two years, two years, we kind of managed to, to dance around it and, and not get it. And all of a sudden, we get hit by it. You know, we get this whole thing. And in March, March is where Omicron is going to peak. And we get it like the beginning of March. You know, and uh, here we are. We're, we're at home. And, but I really, honestly, I've got a lot of gratitude to all those who, who helped us out, provided meals, junk food, who prayed for us. Thank you for so much for all those out there who've been praying for our family. We are back. We are 100% back on our feet. I've just got a little twitch from time. No, just kidding. kidding. But you know what? It's really easy to be ungrateful, right? It's really easy to, be, uh, to show, well, you know what? I deserve to be helped. I deserve to get all these, all these meals given to us. I, I deserve, I'm the pastor. I deserve to be helped. And it's really easy to fall into this ungrateful mindset, right? To be entitled. I'm entitled. I'm entitled to all these little things that come my way. What's really interesting is that millennials, the millennial generation are often labeled as the entitled generation. Those who feel they deserve more. Now, those who are my age and older, before you start rolling your eyes, say, yeah, that generation, oh my goodness. I kind of feel that this generation has kind of been given a bad rap. And the reason why I kind of feel they've been given a bad rap is because we created, people my age and older, we created with our own actions and attitudes a generation that feels very entitled. How did we do that? Well, we, we, all, we worked way too long, long hours, and, and yes, of course, we love our kids, but we then try to kind of make up for the lost time by never saying no. And so this younger generation, they felt like, well, I can have whatever I want. And another way we added to this kind of entitled generation is, is that, you know, I was just thinking back, uh, when, when I, back in the days, when I used to tra- travel in a van, we could travel in a van with no seats, no seats in the, in the back of the van, 10 of your mates in the back on the way to the beach. You remember those days? You could just jump in the back of, the, of a van, no seats, and travel to the beach with all your mates. Nowadays, oh my goodness, there's like every, uh, every young person is there buckled down with 43 seatbelts, totally protected. We kind of overprotected the upcoming generation. You can't even ride your bicycle without a helmet. Schools have stopped bull rush. You can't play bull rush anymore. You know, the reason why I went to school in primary school was just to play bull rush. <laughs> no, no, and get an education. But in some schools, you can't even climb a tree. Yeah, no climbing trees. We totally protected the upcoming generation. And another way we, we've added to this whole thing of being an entitled generation is, is when, back when I was young, back when I was a kid, before you got a ribbon or a trophy, you actually 
had to win something. These days, you just have to show up. Well, here's your ribbon for coming last. And what we've done is that we've built a generation of people, a generation who feel very, very entitled. But it's not just them, but it's me too. Seriously, I, I get upset when I go to my phone, right? And I, and, I, and I try to access my app, and it takes way too long to come on. I say, oh my goodness, it's taken three seconds to come on. I want it on in half a second, less than half a second. And even now I'm feeling entitled because I want it right now. I want it right now. So it's me too. It's me too. So today I want to talk about the opposite of entitlement. The forgotten virtue of gratitude. Gratitude. And we're going to go into our Bibles. And as we get into our Bibles, I'll, 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 I want us to read the story about a, a group of people who looked entitled. And in fact, they didn't even stop to show gratitude. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to, to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And it goes like this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called, called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Leprosy today is known as Hansen disease. What is Hansen disease? What is leprosy? Leprosy is this, infectious, is this infectious disease that causes severe disfiguring of skin sores and nerve damage on arms, legs, and skin areas all around your body. So why were these men calling out to Jesus? Right? And the reason why they were calling out to Jesus is because according to Leviticus chapter 13, if you had leprosy and someone got close to you, you had to scream out, Unclean! Unclean, right? Someone's just walking by, and you go, unclean, don't come near. Unclean, you had to yell this out. I don't know about you, this is very humiliating. You have to warn people to stay away from you because you've got a disease, you've got something. And we thought the vaccine pass was bad, right? These guys had to say, stay away from me, get away. Not only were these people physically hurting all the time, but you can only imagine the emotional pain of relation, no relationships. No contact, no intimacy. And if you had children, you got leprosy, no seeing your children, no seeing your babies. Totally cut off, never been hugged for many, many years. So these 10 guys, these 10 guys, these 10 guys with leprosy, they, they're walking along and they see across the road the one who was rumored to, who was able to heal. And they begin to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us, heal us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said, when he saw them, he obviously heard them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. I love how Jesus does this healing, right? We, we kind of like turn healing into some kind of formula, right? And before you heal someone, come, please tell me about your past. I want to make sure there's no sin in your life and watch your family history. And we go through this checklist, right? Of, of, of all. Jesus doesn't do that. It's not about your past. It's about what you need right now. And he doesn't even, doesn't, sometimes when Jesus heals, it spits in the eyes, spits in some mud. But Jesus doesn't wait. There is no formula to healing because it is God who heals. It is God who gets the glory. And he simply says to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. As in the going, 
as in their going, they got healed. It's a miracle. It's a healing of, it's a healing of healings, right? The disease was gone. Their greatest dreams, the, their most outlandish prayers have been answered. So what's, what's, what's really interesting is the next verse. What's really surprising is what we see in verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Really interesting that the, 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 writer, of, the writer here wants you to know that he was a Samaritan. There was, there was racial tension between Jews and Samaritans. Jews hated Samaritans, saw them as being inferior, and Samaritans looked at Jews as being inferior. There was racial tension. Jesus brought down the barriers. He brought down all racial tension, all the social norms, regardless of who you are. But he saw you, he saw you as someone who needs help. He saw you as someone who needs love and caring, and he reaches out his hand right where you are. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Meaning the other nine were Jews. So these ten guys, one of them was a Samaritan, nine were Jews. You can almost see that Jesus is dumbfounded. This is the miracle of miracles. Where did everyone go? Okay, you know, these nine guys weren't bad guys. You know, they hadn't seen their families for a long time. Okay, let's, we can give them a little bit of a break, but it's almost, it's almost like they kind of slipped into this entitlement mindset, right? I'm a Jew. I deserve to be healed. I had this coming, didn't I? I mean, I'm part of God's chosen people. I deserve to be healed. But only one stopped. Only one stop to thank God for his blessing. Only one stop. Now, my question to you is this. Will you be the one? Will you be the one to daily pause to give glory and honor to the one who gave you life? Will you be the one who stops long enough to write a thank you note to express your gratitude to someone who has impacted you? Will you be the one today to say to those who are ministering to your children, faithfully every weekend, thank you so much. Thank you so much for investing into my kids. Will you be the one to stop and thank a coach? Will you be the one to th- to stop and thank a teacher, a connect group leader? Will you be the one to stop and thank your parents? Thank you for what you've done for me in my life. Will you be the one to stop and show to show honor and gratitude? Or will you be like most people? Well, I've had this coming to me. I, I, I've, I've, had this, I've had this coming my way. You know, I didn't have time to stop and say thank you. Will you be the one? Or will you continue to live with this ungrateful mindset? Now, an ungrateful mindset says this, I want it now. So you see people in their 20s, early 30s, the millennial, what they call the millennial generation, right? You see them, they're like, I deserve to live at the same standard as my parents who took 30, 40 years to get there. I deserve to have to drive the same kind of cars they're driving right now. I deserve to live in the same kind of home that they live in right now. I deserve to go on the holidays that they go on right now. I deserve, I'm, I'm only 25, I'm only 28, but I deserve it. I deserve it right now. So 
where did they learn it from? They learned it from parents who thought, if I want it, I'm going to have it now. I want it now. Now, my dad and, and, and the people of his generation, they had this old, archaic philosophy that many of us have never heard of, right? And we kind of, when we hear it, we kind of think it's strange, but they believed this crazy thing that if you wanted it, you had to save up your money before you buy it. You had to live within your means. I know it sounds crazy, doesn't it, right? Because most of you think, why? You can just afterpay it. Just after and just pay, just, just pay 29% interest for the rest of your life, right? But they would save up their money and they would do something called wait. Wait. An ungrateful mindset says, I deserve more. And here's what you often see. I, I, I deserve a better paying job. I deserve a job with all these benefits. And if I can't get a better paying job, if I can't get a job with all these benefits, well, well then I'm not going to work. If I can't get the job that I deserve, then I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work at all. Right? We have, we have 10-year-olds who feel like they're being punished just because they don't have access to Wi-Fi. Right? I deserve more. Then we have material or financial ungratefulness. Have you ever... Looked inside your closet, or some of you, you walk into your closet, right? I've never ever had a closet where I walked into, but have you ever looked at your closet full of clothes, right? Full of clothes, and you said, I have nothing to wear. Or if you're kids like mine who open up the fridge or the pantry full of food, and what are this? Come on, we all know what, they're gonna, what the next line is. There is nothing to eat, right? Pantry full of food, fridge full of food. There is nothing to eat. You know, I've been to countries, I've been to places where people had nothing to eat, where people really didn't have anything to wear. So what do we need to do? We need to decide to turn blessing into praise. We're going to make a decision that every blessing that God gives us, we're going to turn it into praise. This is praise song, right? It's got this line that says, every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. So why is that important? The reason that is important is because every blessing that I do not turn back to praise to God turns into pride. I deserve this. I have this coming to me. I deserve more. I want it now. It's pride. It's entitlement. It's ungratefulness. Because every blessing, every good thing, every good gift come from you. And I will pause and give you the credit, give you praise and honor for this. I will cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Oh, that rhymes. I will cultivate an attitude of gratitude. You know, this is a verse in the Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And quite often we take this verse out of context, right? We kind of use it as some kind of mantra for winning a boxing match, 
winning a race, right? Or, 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 or to do well in my studies or my exams. I'm gonna, you know, we say that famous student prayer, Lord, help me remember all the things I never studied for. Because I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. I can do all, I can win this race. We take it out of context. But when we read it in context, then within the passage, this is what it says. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. It says this, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. See, this verse isn't about some kind of, uh, so I can win some amazing prize. Well, this is about something that we learn. It says that whatever the circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. It's something that we learn in every situation. This is something you learn. It's a mindset that you train your mind, your heart, your attitude, and your spirit. What's the secret? What's the secret to I can do all things through, through Him who gives me strength? Is that I've learned to be grateful. I've learned to be grateful when I've had nothing. And I've had learned to be grateful when I've had plenty. And when you begin to cultivate that attitude of gratitude, then I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. See, my eldest son, when my eldest son told, told us, told me and Puro, that he got his girlfriend pregnant, oh my goodness, I was deeply disappointed. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor. Do, do you know how bad this will look for me? Right? I'm only 39. I'm too young to be a grandfather. What's that all about? It's all about what's doing right by me. Not about what's doing right by others, virtues. But it's about what's doing right by me. I've had the, I was being ungrateful. And a year later, our son was diagnosed with this rare type of pulmonary embolism. And he was only given a few months to live. And when you hear that, you're like, what the, what's going on here? And you're like, man, this is tough. But here's the thing. Against all odds, through prayer and storming heaven, we had people in church praying, we had people up and down the country praying. Man, six years on from their first diagnosis, our son is still with us today. And let me tell you, I don't care what he has done. I don't care what he has done. or what I don't care about the image that this portrays. I don't care what other people think. Because I am so grateful for our son. Because every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. I'll turn back to praise. You know, maybe you're living in a house and you're, you're not happy with your house. Maybe your house is too small. Come on. Why don't you turn that back to praise? Well, thank you, Jesus, that I, I've, I've, I can, I've got a heat pump. Thank you, Jesus, I can turn on the tap and I have water because there's people living in countries that haven't got access to water. So I thank you that I've got water. I thank you that I can keep myself warm in this house. Or maybe your house is always messy. Why don't you turn that into praise? Well, I thank you that I've got a family to enjoy this with. I've got friends that come over. Come on. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. Come on, let us pray.